Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familias Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Louise Mason Sapper, who will be talking with us about her work with children with special needs and talents, helping children and their families. Also, we will talk, be talking with Louise about her role as a content creator, spreading fun and joy for families and children alike. So welcome to the podcast, Louise. It's such a joy to have you. Thank you, Carla, and two two Californians on the same podcast. That's fun. So, yes. So let's roll it. I can't okay. wait to see what you've got. Well, first, I'd like to know what makes you, you? Well, what makes me, me? Well, I don't like to be bored. So I feel like I'm Gumby. I'm always flexible and changing and curious and learning. I never stop learning. My father always used to say, don't stop learning. You have to be a lifelong learner. So I think that's what makes me, me. And I would like to think I'm generous. So with time and with just giving, and that I also got from my parents. So I think that's what makes me, me. I absolutely love that. First off, for those who don't know Gumby, green creature that is very malleable, very flexible, very happy creature. I don't know if they even sell Gumby anymore, but I sure do. I do. I, they? Yes. You have a Gumby. Oh my I have goodness. a Gumby and a Pokey, and so, a Pokey, which is like the anti Gumby, which is not flexible <laughs> and very, very stuck in the mud. But yes, yes, somewhere in this house of mine, I have Pokey and Gumby. For Pokey sure. and Gumby. Kudos to you and. Also that you are generous. And I do find that the Gumbies in the world tend to be very generous because they know that gift of giving from body, Mm -hmm. mind, and spirit. So it's such a, I've never had anyone tell me they were Gumby. That's so fabulous. Okay. This is wonderful. Now you can't say that anymore. Now I can't say that anymore. (laughs) So I know that part, and in preparation for the podcast, for those of you who can't see what I'm showing, if you're not seeing the video version, Louise sent me in advance beautiful charts, and I'm holding them up, about sign expressions. And the one that I have is just very beautiful, and it's showing in English and Spanish, showing how to say very important things, such as, I want to go to the potty, I want my backpack, I want a doctor, I feel lonely, and this is the Mm -hmm. side. I feel lonely, I feel embarrassed, I feel in pain. And also a beautiful bookmark that shows important words such as book, which is libro in Spanish, name, nombre, read, leer, help, ayuda, play. And all of these wonderful resources that you sent along. And here's one that's postcard size with the alphabet and also showing sign language for 911 pain, allergies, what tremendous resources you you. have created and what a terrific introduction for you and the work you do to really show incredible Mm -hmm. resources that families and children can have available 
almost at the press of a button. Please tell me more about these resources, why you created okay. them. So they all have a story. They all have a little okay. different story. So the chart, the I want, I feel story, I created along with a DVD around the same time. It includes sign language, of course, I'm fluent in sign, and then English and Spanish. So it's the it's three of the four most popular languages used in the United States. And so what I wanted to do was target those children who I was serving as a psychologist in school districts when I would hear over and over again that they weren't communicating, they were misbehaving, they were being volcanic with their eruptive behavior. And so I wanted to give them a way to have nonverbal communication and then kind of be a bridge to verbal communication or assigned communication. And so those charts, although they meet the needs of children who are deaf and sign or who are pre-verbal or nonverbal, they also were mostly intended for the autism community because those children are often introduced to sign language to help promote and to augment language spoken or sign language. And they help with the feelings because children, when they don't have feelings, and they usually come up with big feelings or big behaviors. So to help kind of bring coping skills into the homes, I created the I Want, I Feel chart, and they are used in daycare centers and different head starts, and of course, in homes and schools throughout the country now. The bookmark was just for fun. And the other one, I after 9-11, I was approached by deaf friends to help be a bridge again with communication to create something in the ways of DVD and training to help deaf people get same kind of access to services and to help as from first responders. So that second one is to address the needs of people. The reason it's postcard size is it actually fits into the average fire person Ah. provider's pocket. It's laminated so it could be written on with a washable pen. They both are or crayon. There's a new version that includes Chinese as well. So then you have all four of the most common languages used in the United States as of right now in 2023. And that's amazing. And, you know, I'm holding it up again for those who are watching on video. But I love the context because the words call 911, Yame And if you flip it around, they can see the other side. Yes. And the alphabet and... How, what a terrific resource for first responders and parents and kids to carry around because we forget how many people don't speak English or who need to communicate or want to communicate in sign language. And so kudos to you. And I Thank also you. love, Louise, that you said, you just said it naturally, that I'm, I act as a bridge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so not only are you generous and gumby, but you're also a bridge. <laughs> And that's such a beautiful way, you know, coming from California and you're in California, we know how natural disasters such as a wildfire and people expect first responders to help. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't know how to help. And so these cards are an essential for people to be able to carry, to communicate the basics. And I'm very lucky in that 
first responders nationwide, many of them are carrying that. Ah, kudos to you. And if anybody wants to learn more, they can find me. (laughs) So Okay, well, we'll do that piece at the end, but might as well give a plug right here. Where can people find you to get these amazing resources? So there's one that's downloadable, that's free on louisesattler.com. It's my first and last name. Just put .com at the end. And you will find the one for COVID. There's actually a new one, COVID specific. As for the other ones, we could talk about that at the end of the broadcast, but also found on louisesattler.com. And the spelling of Louise's name is L-O-U-I-S-E, Sattler, S-A-T-T-L-E-R.com. And I can tell you they are absolutely gorgeous, highly, very well done resources. So thank Thank you you for that. So another question for you. You know, at Familius, we really work from those foundational values, the 10 habits of a healthy family, such as loving together, playing together, learning together, talking together, healing together, Mm -hmm. giving together. You know, those are just a few of them. How does your work, and I know you do so much more beyond what you're already telling us about, which is plenty enough, but how does your work help families be happy? How does my work help families be happy? That's not always the case <laughs> because good my, answer. My professional work as a psychologist is a lot of times in determining eligibility for special education or determining continuation of eligibility. So there might be a child who's having difficulties with development of language, and it might not be just a language delay. It actually may be, say, autism. I'm that person who usually has to break that information to the parent, either in conjunction with other team members during, say, an IEP, an individualized educational program plan meeting, or in conjunction with, say, a doctor. So I'm not always the happy news person, or but I do enjoy giving parents, even in those difficult times, resources, experiences, connections, beings, sort of the person who says, you know, this is the here and now, but children with autism, children with this kind of disability, children who are having this learning challenge, maybe learning disabilities, there isn't a, like we press pause and this is it forever. Children learn, they're very flexible and, and malleable, and we have good resources in schools. We have good resources all over. And so let's utilize them. Let's find those for you. Let's plug you into those. And that's what makes me happy. And that actually gives some solace to parents who are going through difficult times. And I've been that parent. I've had those challenges with children who have had challenges with reading, for example, my daughter thinking, how could that happen? I've been reading to her in multiple languages since she was a baby. How could she have learning disabilities? So I've been on both sides of the table. The one is the parent and the one is the professional. and. I am very cognizant as a professional what it feels like to be the parent receiving news. So I want to be able to give help, resources, and support. I just have to say how you naturally spun that to where I was going to go. You beat me to it. It sounds, oh no, perfect. Perfect. Because it was so (laughs) organic that you do see the silver lining, which is you might not have happy news for families. But you help families be happier because once you understand that, oh, here's something, I have a diagnosis and the diagnosis isn't as important as the fact that it gives us 
the ability mm-hmm. to then find the tools and the resources that we need. And so, as you said, you give family solace, you give mm-hmm. them support, you give them comfort, and that can lead us to happiness. So here again, now I see you as a happiness maker as mm-hmm. well. Because and I don't stand alone in that. And just yeah. to segue a little bit in that I work with really very good teams who are very good experts. So while I may be a member on the team, I also depend on the expertise and the knowledge and the support for myself, as well as for these parents of the other professionals who work with children in schools. So I don't do it all myself. <laughs> I just think it's important for parents to know that they get a team of support when they when their children are going through this process. Absolutely. And I, I really appreciate that you said that because in truth, as humans, we all need teams. Mm-hmm. We all need teams and we do best when we are working together, whether, mm-hmm. you know, with the school system, with our Regardless. partner at home, whatever <laughs> it is, we all, as the old, you know, saying goes, no man is an island. So right. we, we do do better as families and we are all one big family on this planet when we're working together toward a common goal. And in this case, you do a lot of work, obviously, to support children with disabilities and those who don't have disabilities. And I like to think people use that term and it's perfectly fine to use the term disabilities. But when I talk to parents, I call it unique challenges or unique talents. Because I I feel that if when you talk to people, for instance, on the autism spectrum, and they're able to communicate, they just see the world through a different lens, not the wrong lens, not a lens that's broken, but a different lens, a different lens, a different lens. And that's really all it is. And we just need to be inclusive and accept that my lens is not the same as the person across the street's lens, no matter what the topic. But when it comes to children with those unique talents or special needs, they're most of the time just seeing the world through a different, unique, very amazing lens. Absolutely. You're making me think of, I have a sister who passed away, but she had Marfan syndrome and she Mm. was, by the time she passed, she was blind. And I will tell you what that woman brought to the world as far as intelligence and creativity and stamina and, oh my goodness, just incredible. So you're right. When we look at what someone has to offer through their uniqueness and their unique talents, Mm -hmm. we're looking in the right place. That's when we're really looking in the right place, when we focus on what somebody is doing well, what their special talents are. It has a lot to do with resiliency too. And if we build resiliency in ourselves or in our families or in our children. And I also think that we have to acknowledge as professionals when these parents are just starting a process of parenting. I just read one of our familiar books about parenting and they talked a little bit about postpartum depression and expectations that were maybe not met. Uh, They thought it was all going to be joy and roses and it's hard work and lack of sleep and a lot of puke and poop as they put it. I think that we have to understand that sometimes there's a grieving process that your dream was not necessarily exactly as you had mapped it out. And so if you have a child with special needs, your grieving process will begin maybe fairly early, maybe even at birth or maybe years down the road. But we have to acknowledge that, that it is a grieving process for many parents as well. And 
let them go through the motions. So, And I'm so glad that you pointed out two things. Yes, the grieving process, whether, and I could pick up your grief when you were talking about Mm. your daughter and saying, oh my goodness, how could I, this educator (laughs) and woman who is talented and good at what I do, how could I end up with, and, and so you can pick up definitely for parents, for all of us, when we have a child who's not performing as society might expect them to there really can be that grief that we need to acknowledge and move through so we can get through to the other side. And that it's not always that the grief stops. It may come back to haunt us at different times or just to be with us at different times. So thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing that up. The other piece, I just want to pause here. You brought up one of my favorite words and it's sometimes a bit overused, resilience. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you define, it's not a trick question, okay. how do you define resilience in your own paradigm, in your own words? I think resilience is not being Teflon. People sometimes think it's like being Teflon, like nothing sticks, like it mm-hmm. bounces off of you. I think resilience is accepting it, not as a victim, but as somebody who is just going to say, okay, this is what I got. Now, what are you going to do and how do you move forward? And I think that's where some of my own clients as a psychologist get stuck. And sometimes in my own personal life, you can get stuck because you feel like you can't move forward, that you're going one step forward, two steps back. But I think resilience is when you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you, or whatever you want to, you know, analogy you want to make. And you say, okay, this is it. What are we going to do? How do we move forward? How can we move forward with grace, with dignity, sometimes humor? But you have to move forward. There is no looking back. And uh, there's no rear view mirror here. And I love all of those components, the, the grace and the dignity and that devotion to moving forward. And I think that's where people like you come in as essential because sometimes when we're down and out, we don't know where to turn. It's the people who give us support. Mm-hmm. that allow yeah. us to have that resilience because sometimes we're just crumpled as parents or get a medical diagnosis or a clinical diagnosis and we go, I don't know what to do. And it's that educator, that nurse, that doctor, that hospice individual, someone, the next door neighbor who comes in and says, okay, let me help you. Let me just give you that wee bit of support that you might need. I think, do you think that that helps build resilience? I do. I think that does. And I also think that we have to have realistic expectations. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that I find that people are very much disappointed or don't know for the littlest things. They can't manage the smallest of life's little trials and tribulations. So they don't build a shield of (laughs) resiliency. Because every little step seems so monumental from whether or not they got the right shopping cart. The other day I was grocery shopping. This woman was so upset she got a shopping cart that did not work right. You would have thought the world had stopped on its axis. Mm. And I thought, huh, you got you to move on and pick another shopping cart here. And so those are the people I worry about who those little little things that get in your way of your daily activities become so monumentally huge yeah. and, and cause such a, an eruption of emotion that when you have no resources left, you have nothing to give when you have the big problems then. Yes. And sometimes those 
supermarket volcanic eruptions are the result of not having the resilience, not having the support and just erupts in the wrong places at the wrong times. So now I'd love, because I'm acutely aware of our limited time together, I'd like to pivot, if you don't mind, to the other hat you wear. How you wear another hat, I'm not quite sure, (laughs) but you do it. So you are a content creator, a reviewer of books. I know, as you said, that you really review some of the familiar books and really Mm -hmm. enjoy doing that. Could you tell us a little bit about your role as a reviewer and a content creator? I love reviewing books, puzzles, games, travel. I travel a lot. I, I write for one of your travel websites a lot. But when you see a book, particularly the children's books, I always look at it as, ooh, what is it teaching on the kid level? And then how is it written for the parent to stay interested enough to read it 20 more times this week? Because you know a good book, a little kid's going to want to say again, 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 yes, and, yes. right? So there are so, so what, not that I'm doing a commercial for Familias, but I will, in that they have a good way of picking out authors writing these children's books on levels that are very interesting to both parent and child. Mm -hmm. and give lessons and give beautifully illustrated. There's one book that is Allegro, I believe is the name, where it talks about composers and it talks about music and has a story about a boy involved in his music journey. And then it has where you can actually hear snippets of the music by pressing, you know, the interactive buttons. I love that book. I've given that book many times as gifts because I think it is so ingenious. And there are so many more titles that I could bring out. So as a reviewer, I get excited. It's like Christmas every time that box appears. Aren't Uh, they wonderful? And you're right. The authors, the illustrations, that vibrant energy in in the familiar books, and they are yummy. It is like they are little treasures. And I think that the illustrators and the writers are Mm well-matched. and. I mean, there are just so many beautiful books and I encourage our listeners, if you aren't already checking out the catalog to do so, but the learning tools, the literacy levels and the care that is taken towards early young child literacy, as well as the young adults, that YA book span could be tricky, but I just love the books that are written for them as well. And then you, of course, Carla, are just another one of those authors for the adults. And there are so many great books for parents, grandparents. I've seen so many books for grandparents and I'm not a grandparent yet, but, and I say, yeah, (laughs) but there are books to help with boundaries and just joy of grandparenting, family tree making. And so I truly think that a good book is one that I read and I'm willing to stay past my bedtime to still be reading on the adult level, which is what I did last night. But for the children's books, extraordinary. The authors. They are extraordinary. I have a, a load of them on my bookshelf behind me and they are oh, just, yeah. oh, and they're, they're beautiful. And they have, uh, anyway, I could talk forever. About, and they're funny. Some of them are hysterical. A oh hundred <laughs> words for New Yorkers. I laughed and gave that several times as a gift as well. 
because I couldn't believe that one of the vocabulary words was schmear for bagels. I just thought that was hysterical. I, it had me crying and, and I was laughing so hard. So yes, so great books. And they are fabulous books with, yes. And so how do you see the familiar books? Yes, of course, they are great in the home mm. setting, great for parents, great for kids, great for any caregiver. How do you see them being advantageous in a school setting? And as a psychologist, I recommend a lot of the books. There's like a middle school series. There's books by the author Spear, who talks about bullying and uh, mm-hmm. cyber safety. Though that's a book that I have given several times, and I hope that I'm blanking on titles. I'm so sorry. Uh, she uh, does one BFF or yes. NRF. Yes. People realize the difference between someone who's not really your friend. I believe it's Jessica Spear. Jessica and, Spear, who yes, I love. And they have, but the tie, so yes. BFF or, you know, a real friend versus helping people understand how do I figure out friendship at an early age? And she has one on phone safety and cyber safety that I just got yesterday and was unpacking. And it was just at first glance, I was like, oh, where was this when my kids were younger? I could have really used this. There's a lot of books that I think are great for professionals as well. There were several books on the topics of ADHD and Mm -hmm. autism and attitudes to deal with autism. And I just really, I I encourage the listeners to take a good look and enjoy. And now they're sort of also available in ebooks, some of them. So that's that's exciting too. Yeah. So, well, good to know that I, I also use them as resources in my clinical practice because whether it's postpartum depression, or somebody, you know, working through grief as an adult, or, you know, somebody wanting mm-hmm. just a really good book to read to their kids that can be passed down and right. read by the older kids to the younger kids. That's what we want to see more of because books, when they're used as tools of connection, they can absolutely make the world a happier place. I believe and that. I love to travel. Do you love to travel? I love oh, to travel. Very much. And the book series, several of the books deal with states and the wonderfulness of states, whether they're the book on Utah, that's just a beautiful photo journal, or the books for children, like you was for Utah and C is for California. Those books are excellent for people who are traveling to have in your car and also for the classrooms. What better way to teach all 50 states, but through these gorgeous titles that could be on your shelves. Absolutely. Well, we could keep going on that, but it's Time to wrap up. So, oh no, <laughs> I know. Oh, no. We're so, just getting started. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm thinking of this one book, and I'm blanking on the author's name, but she uses fairy tales and uses yes. and talks about fairy tales and bringing them into conversation and helping children learn as we do learn through fairy tales. And so, it's. I don't have a copy of it. I wish I did, but again just magical books that are so great. And not that I'm going to keep plugging this, but they are on the Familius website, which we'll talk about at the end. So uh, let's go to, are there any, you know, one or two more things that you feel like, oh, I really want to share this with the audience before we go? I think the only thing I really want to share with the audience is on two different levels. One is you're never too old. I am not a young spry chicken here. I started doing a lot of work in the media realm 
in my 50s because of the need to connect with different groups and associations with my work as a psychologist. And as I expanded into content creating those beautiful charts that thank you for sharing. So no matter what age you are, there is no cutoff to being creative and there is no cutoff to pivoting to something that brings you joy and passion and ignites excitement in your career or even your life. So 100% that would, agreed. Thank so you. that would be probably one and two is if you are a parent of a child who you think something isn't right, that intuition bell is, is going off or something's gnawing at you. Every state has a child find program. Call your local school district and say from zero to 21, there is public education and evaluations that are offered. And all you have to do is write a note to your school district and say something is not right or go to your doctor and have them write. Because parents are usually the first to notice. Mm -hmm. And the earlier the child is receives intervention, if they are identified, and that is indeed the case, then the outcome could be so much differently than if different than if we have to wait or it gets pushed kind of to the side. Yes. And it makes the parents and the child struggle significantly diminished because the earlier we learn what the little underlying issues are or big underlying issues, the sooner we can get those resources, become empowered and move forward in ways that make everybody feel happier. Yes. More capable. Right. So now, Louise, I am so grateful for you spending your time with me with Thank us you. today. What Thank you joy. for having me. Oh, it's a joy and a privilege. Please tell us where can listeners find you? All different places. So you can find me as louisesattler.com. I'm also on Linktree if anybody uses Linktree, but on louisesattler.com from there, you can toggle into all my social media sites, whether it's LinkedIn as Louise Mason Sattler, M-A-S-I-N Sattler, or on YouTube. I have dozens. I think I have like 60 or more videos for sign language and other topics on YouTube. So you can learn the basics of sign language right there on my channel. So again, just go to louisesattler.com and you can easily connect, whether it's also to my familias reviews on Amazon and other different areas and my travels. I document my travels and recommendations on that and my blog. It's all there. One stop shopping. And then and an Instagram. I'm big on Instagram. Instagram. And then I understand you have a really amazing conference coming up that you're participating in Thank in you. September. Yes, I am so honored to be asked to be one of the key speakers for the Autism Today foundations conference that is a virtual conference and i will be speaking on the same panel as temple grandin anybody who knows temple grandin in the autism field or in all the other fields that she's in she's an amazing person and i'm just i almost pinching myself that i was asked to be part of you know this conference alongside with her and so that's uh, autism today and it's the last week in september Great topics from everything from neutralizing or making autism, just giving opportunities to all, including in the entertainment field, the work field, the real estate field. Just it's really going to be quite broad 
topic. And, and I think people will really be surprised that it's very positive topics that will be approached. Excellent. And could they find out more about that seminar through your website? Will it be yes, I'm website? going to post it very soon, as soon as they have the sign-on link. And I will be sure to, within the next day or two, to just put a link, and it may already be on there, uh, straight to the foundation so you can find it directly and be on their email list as well. Brilliant. Well, you are a multi-talented, incredible human being. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing your time. And again, you'll find Louise at L-O-U-I-S-E-S-A-T-T-L-E-R.com, louisesattler.com. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for bringing their support to this podcast because we're bringing it to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at familias.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, shine, shine as only you can do.